Hello there, my name's Neil David and I'm the host of Eurograps Express, the podcast exclusively dedicated to the wrestling of Europe. If it's wrestling and it happens in Europe and it's good, we talk about it. Whether it's RevPro, Progress, WXW, Passion Pro, Pro Wrestling Chaos, Pro Wrestling North, we don't care, we talk about them all. If it's good and it's exciting, I want to share it with you. We're on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Check us out on the feed. Check us out on Twitter at Eurograps EXP. And join us for chat about European wrestling and a little bit of chat about cheese. Hopefully see you there. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio, episode 92. This is the 2023 Halloween Spooktacular. Now, you might be asking yourself, Kelly, where's Taylor? Now, I don't know. I don't know where Taylor is. Uh, I'm waiting for him here at uh, this here haunted house. Good old Doc Chambers' old house up on the hill. Oh, because we are going to meet up here before we go to the Voices of Wrestling Cri- uh, Christmas. Not Christmas, Halloween party. And Taylor hasn't shown up yet. I don't know what's going on. Like, we were supposed to meet up here for our, our like, group costume. Where we're going to be uh, Papa Shango and Ultimate Warrior. We're going to paint ourselves up. So I don't, I don't know what he's doing, and like we were supposed to record now because we need to go to the party really soon. So I, I don't know. He's, uh, he's missing an action. So I'm just gonna, excuse me, start the show on my own. And you know, we'll, once Taylor comes in, we'll, we'll catch him up. We'll get his takes. It'll be fine. You know, you, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta power through this spooky, spooky time of year in your average scary house up on the hill i don't know why i agreed to this this is terrible it's just there's cobwebs everywhere it's all fucking dusty there's constantly just weird noise like you hear that you hear that what's what's happening just just like a big gusty breeze in the basement rattling some chains i don't know i'm not going down there i'm not gonna find out who was there so no, 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 no. I'm going to stand up here. I'm going to do this podcast. And hopefully we all make it out of here. So we got a big show. Uh, going to talk about some recent stuff that happened. Going to talk about Oz Academy. Going to talk about Tokyo Joshi. Going to talk about Stardom and their Halloween show. Because, you know, sometimes you got you to gotta just do a special Halloween episode. Uh, so before we start that, uh, Got to get in the plugs. You can follow us on Twitter at JBombAudio. 
You can support the podcast at redcircle.com slash jumping dash bomb dash audio slash donations. Uh, you know, and that's, uh, who else? We got, we got, sorry, there's more X, X accounts. I got to talk about mine, Comic Geek Kelly, where I'm shooting out zeets all the time. That's not even true. I'm barely on there anymore. Marvel Snap has taken most of my, uh, phone time. And then Taylor is over on the Zeet machine at Tay Mambo. Uh, rate and review us if you guys get a chance. Jump on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five stars. And uh, yeah, so that's that's the plugs. That's the pl- I'm sorry, guys. I'm I'm a little on edge. There's just always just shit going on. It's a fucking werewolf. It sounds like. God damn it. Ugh. All right. I guess I'm just going to go in the order of how these shows happen. So we're going to start with Oz Academy, uh, Yokohama Burning Destiny from October 22nd. Took place at the Yokohama Budokan. 1,528 people showed up. That's a pretty good number. Uh, Overall, I thought this was a pretty solid show. Uh, I enjoyed the front half of it more than the back half. Uh, let's go through. We had a six-man tag opener. Itsuke Aoki, Kaori Oniyama, and Tsubasa Kigura- Ku- Kuragaki. There we go. Nailed it. Uh, defeat Jaguar Yakota, Momoka Hanazona, and Ram Kaichao in 14-13. Uh, thought it was a really fun opener. You know, nothing special, but a solid way to open the show. I want three stars. Uh, then we had a mixed tag match with Mayukihi teaming with Suwama to defeat Mika Ozaki and Shuji Ishikawa. Uh, that was 17 minutes and 13 seconds. It felt every minute of it. It was a very long-feeling match, but ultimately pretty good. I enjoyed uh, Suwama kind of having to be peer pressured into hitting Ozaki and then the crowd immediately booing him for it. That was very funny. Uh, I also went three stars on that one. Uh, let me let me grab a drink of this uh, here Mountain Dew Voodoo Mystery Flavor 2023. You guys have the Voodoo? I think it's very good. Uh, my guess is that it's uh, a red Starburst. That's the flavor I think it is this year. <sighs> yes, refreshing. All right, the next match was easily the match of the night. And what I think probably should have been the main event of the show. Uh, Six-man tag team elimination, judgment chain deathmatch, Ozaki-goon of Kakeru, Mayumi Ozaki, and Sariano defeat Chigusa Nagayo, Mio Momono, and Tomoko Watanabe of Marvelous in uh, 31 minutes and 34 seconds with... Ozaki defeating all three members of the Marvelous team after the first two other two members of Ozaki Goon were taken out first. Uh, this was great. This is a really, really good match. It's exactly what you want out of the Oz Academy big death match from their big shows. Just constant. It was a really chaotic match. The opening segment reminded me of like the uh, Ring of Honor CZW six-man war from the Ring of Honor 100th show, just for how chaotic that match was. Because you just had everyone fighting all over the place. Here they were all fighting in the crowd, then they kind of fought their way back to the ring, and it was just a whole a whole lot going on all the time. Uh, police shows up and gets an enormous pop. It was 
really <laughs> it was really funny. Like the the pop for police was huge. Uh, really good plunder brawl throughout. Just really good twists and turns. Uh, Kakeru wins the award for best blade job in the show because goddamn she was bleeding buckets. Like she had a great crimson mask. Uh, like I always say, my favorite kind of this style of match when the match ends. The ring is just an absolute mess, and this one totally delivered on it. Just there was shit everywhere, just garbage and t- and uh, wood and barbed wire and fucking everything everywhere. It was awesome. Uh, I went four and a half stars on it. Really, really loved this match. Uh, I also loved at the end of the match Ozaki taking pictures with the parade of sponsors while she stands on the marvelous title belt. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. Uh, the semi-main event, after they came back from uh, intermission, was the Oz Academy Tag Team Title Number 1 Contender 3-Way Match, uh, which was won by Team 200 Kilograms, Chihiro Hashimoto, and Yu. Uh, they beat Hiro Matsumoto and Zones, and Ryo Mizunami and Sona Kakado in 18-22. Uh, this was good. This is a very kind of high-energy, beefy tag. Like they, it's it was one of those matches where no matter what they were not going to be able to follow what just came before them, but I thought they did a really good job. I went three and a half stars. Just a really solid tag. Uh, and then your main event, uh, you have the Oz Academy Open Weight Title Match. Akino successfully defends her title over Takumi Aroha in twenty two forty three. I don't know about you guys. But I was incredibly disappointed with this, with this match. Just, I was not into it. It was super slow-paced. It was kind of boring. Closing stretch was like an exchange of roll-ups. And it was a very disappointing way for the match to end. Just kind of a lame finish to the show overall. Especially with the awesome trio's deathmatch that came before it. So it's like, I wish they could have just swapped the placement of those two matches. But I don't know. That's just me. Uh, I I know companies obviously want their title match to go on last, but sometimes, I don't know, it's Oz Academy. Ozaki should probably go on last in her crazy match. That just makes the most sense to me. So, I don't know. What do you guys think? Let us know. Uh, Zeet at us at Audio. Because I thought... Overall, really good show. Just a Jesus Christ, what is that? There's fucking cats in here now. Come on, Taylor. Where's Taylor? I already finished going through one show. I'm going to burn through this whole thing. Okay. Um. I don't know. You guys want to talk about uh, Tokyo Joshi? Let's do that. All right. Talking about Tokyo Joshi Pro All Rise 23. Coming to us from Currican Hall. Attendance was 686. Um, Not great. Not terrible. I don't know. I'm the last person that should be judging attendance. I don't pay any fucking attention to it. I don't know who draws who, who draws what, where. It's like you can throw any number at me and I'll be like, oh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. That seems right. So, yeah, 686. Uh, seems right. Uh, your opener... 
Himawari, Runa Okubo, and Wakana Uehara defeat Haru Kazashiro, Shino Suzuki, and Toga in a battle of the children in 10 minutes and 6 seconds. Uh, I thought it was a really good uh, opener for the children. Uh, good to see Himawari pick up the win here. Uh, went two and three quarters. Just solid opener. Uh, next up, you had Rizu, Ryo Mizunami and Yuki Ayano, uh, the true passion injection tag team, uh, defeating Maki Ito and Palm Harajuku in 1254. Uh, I like I this a lot. This was really good. The interactions between Mizunami and Ito were in particular great. Uh, Ayano has been just so reinvigorated by this tag team. I really hope she sticks around with Mizunami for a while. I I think they are putting on great team, and I would, if anyone's gonna take the titles off of free Wi-Fi, I kind of wish it. I hope it's Aino and Mizunami. Uh, but yeah, this is really good. I went three and three quarters on it. Uh, that was followed up by a uh, eight-person gauntlet battle royal to determine the international princess number one contenders. Uh, you had Shoko Nakajima beating Arisa Endo, Mahiro Kiryu, Miyu Watanabe, Raku, Rika Tetsume, Suzume, and Yuki Kamafuku in 1753. I don't know. This was fine. It was fun. Like, it was a perfectly solid Rumble-style match. Three and a quarter. Nothing special. Nothing to write home about, but not bad. Uh, then we had the return of the Magical Sugar Rabbits as a tag team. Mizuki teaming with the returning from injury Yuka Sakazaki to defeat Hyper Misao and Palm Harajuku. I just realized the fucking notes I'm reading are wrong. Because Palm was not in that tag match teaming with Maki Ito. That was Kaya Torabami. I'm sorry, I've lied to each and every one of you. Uh... I'm going to kneel down as though I am my hero Kiryu and apologize greatly. But you know who else should apologize with me? That's uh, cagematch.net. They got that one wrong. And I got that one wrong because I was just reading. I mean, I've, I've seen this show. I'm not just making stuff up. I swear. I swear I'm not making stuff up. But yeah, no, uh, Palm was not in that tag match with Team with Maki Ito. That was Kayatori Bami. She was, however, teaming with Misao against the Magical Sugar Rabbits, where she lost in ten fifteen. Uh, good match to see uh, Yuka back, and I think Misao and Palm really brought the kind of like expected level of nonsense that you want out of those two. And you know, Yuka and Mizuki are fully game to play along with that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was a uh, it was a fun match. Three and a half stars. Uh, then we had a singles match. Saki Akai. <coughs> excuse me. Ugh, Mountain Dew's going down the wrong pipe. Okay, Saki Akai. Also, I'm not editing this. This is, uh, I'm not normally an editor. I and that's not happening. You're gonna. All the spooky shit that's going on in this fucking house. You're going to hear every little bit of it. And I'm just going to... And sometimes I'm going to choke on my Mountain Dew. But you know what? It's not that bad. We all have things going on. 
You guys hear that? Someone's opening doors. The ghost of Doc Chambers. Coming to get me while I record this podcast with a whole bunch of face paint laid out in front of me because I'm waiting for Taylor so he can paint me up like Papa Shango and I can paint him up like the Ultimate Warrior. Then we can go to the Voices of Wrestling Halloween party and win the costume contest. No one's beating that. Who do you think is going to beat that? Who do you think fucking Mike Spears is going to dress like Yoshino? No. He's going to... I don't know what Mike, Mike Spears is going to dress like. Hope he brings Pudge. Pudge is great. Shouts out to Pudge. Pudge, if you're listening, I think you're great. All right. Uh, singles match. Saki Akai defeats Yuki Arai in 13-30. Uh, I am honestly surprised that match was that short because I thought this felt kind of long to me. Uh, I I don't think these two have great chemistry. I really don't. After their tag title run being pretty meh and just the early goings of this, I don't think they have great chemistry together. But I will say it, they kind of got up together by the end of the match. I thought the back half of this was really good. Uh... The bit where just Saki starts killing Irai with boots was great. And I'm I'm really glad it ended up being good by the end because, you know, it's one of the last Saki Akai matches we're going to get. So you want those to count. Uh, But yeah, overall, not great, but the end definitely saved it for me. Uh, Also going three and a half stars on that one. Uh, Then we had the tag title match where Free Wi-Fi made their first successful defense against the Karate Kids team of Jerry Nagano and Moko Miyamoto in 1436. Uh, I thought the Karate Kids looked absolutely fantastic here. Thought they were great. Uh, all of the worries that I mentioned last episode about Jerry and how she was kind of starting to stagnate were totally just washed away here. I thought she looked great in particular, but Mocha, you know, Mocha was great too. Everyone really brought it in this match. Just tremendous work match, really fast-paced. I was super happy with this. I went four stars. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, "Ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing slab packs from arena club.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at arena club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an arena club slab pack and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show and there's a random innocuous, round bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club 
You get a display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And now it's time to talk about the main event where I am going to be out on an island with this one because I've seen what people have been saying and they did not like it. I did. I really liked this match. I'm not going to lie. Uh, your main event was a Princess of Princess title match. Mio Yamashita successfully defending her title against Regina in 1240. Uh, cage match match guide lists this at a 4.85. Uh, easily the worst match rated of the uh, show. And I don't know, man. I liked this. Uh, Regina was like just an absolute monster. There was a bit where I thought they were just going to give her the Vader push and have her kill Miu. Because, like, I don't know. These two just beat the shit out of each other. And Miu took so much from Regina. Uh, I I thought this was awesome. I don't know. Like, I, I was reading reviews and I was like, am I, am I out to lunch on this one? Do I not know what I'm talking about? But I thought it was great. It was really... it. Vader is really the best comparison i can make it felt just like i maybe maybe it was all Miu's uh performance here maybe she was the one that impressed me just for how well she was selling for regina but i don't know i thought the pacing was really good it was just an enjoyable match i went four and a quarter on it i thought it was a really good really good way to close out the show so yeah uh that's that's your review of Tokyo Joshi All Rise 23. And uh, I just got one more show to talk about. I'm blazing through this. Jesus. All right. I've been going for like 19 minutes or so. Taylor's still not here. Well, what do you think I should call the authorities? No. Like, I, I mean... There's a better options, right? Like, I should just, like, call him or something. I don't need to call the police. But, you know, it is, like... It's a spooky time of year. It's gonna be... It's it's Monday. It's, uh... It's, it's October 30th. That's Devil's Night. 
Maybe someone set his car on fire. Man, I don't know. Taylor, if you're out there, you got to show up soon, buddy. Because I am just, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. All right, what the fuck? Okay. We're going to jump into the Stardom Halloween show right now. Because I, I opened the cage match. Because, you know, it's what I use for my notes as I'm going through. And I just saw someone gave this show a rating of a 10. This show was not bad. But it was not a 10. What the fuck? Like, here's the thing. If this, if you somehow present me this show on any night that was not Halloween, or without this theming, I would have said this show is bullshit, it sucks, it was horrible. But, it was a Halloween show. And, I can deal with a whole lot of goofy bullshit nonsense when it comes to special holiday episodes. I love a good holiday-themed gimmick match. Whether it is Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, any other holiday. You want to do a gimmick match? You want to do a gimmick show for it? Sign me up. I'm in. Love big, dumb gimmick shit. You guys, my leg fell asleep. My leg, my leg is real numb right now. I don't know if it's a... Does that mean like a spooky ghost has been hanging onto my leg? Shit, I hope not. Okay. Uh, Stardom Halloween Night. Sorry. Stardom Halloween Dark Night. House of Terror. Happened on October 29th. In uh, Tokyo at the Tachikawa Stage Garden. The attendance was 1,116. Uh, I think that's pretty decent for, like, a goofy bullshit show like this, you know? It doesn't need to be a packed house for something like this. Uh, Starting things off with a non-spooky bullshit match. Uh, The Goddesses of Stardom Tag League B-Block match. Prominence of Hiragi Kurumi and Risa Sara defeating God's Eye of Saki Kashimi and Siri. It was really weird to see this normal match ahead of all the fucking nonsense that's coming after it. Uh, pretty good straightforward tag. Uh, I thought the exchanges in particular between Siri and Risa Sara were really great. Uh, three and a half stars. Uh, now that I'm looking through my notes, is this the best match of the show? And uh, yeah, I think it might be. So I, I, I guess we're just downhill from here. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, next up, we have the Zombie Rumble match, where a super strong stardom machine defeated Fukigen Death, Karma, Ram Kaichou, Sexy Dynamite Princess, uh, super strong stardom big machine, super strong stardom giant machine 2, and Zombies A, B, and C in fifteen nineteen. Uh, this, this wasn't very good. It was kind of bad. I don't know. It really was just kind of like the same bit over and over and over where it's like, all right, someone comes in. Ah, now the zombies are here. Uh, Someone comes in. Oh, now the zombies are back. Oh, now it's the super strong startup machines. Oh, they're doing, they're attacking everybody. It it was just the same shit over and over. 
Uh, the zombies were showing toes for free. And I do not understand that behavior. Zombies are no. Do not be showing toes for free. You pay you you pay for those. Though I suppose this was pay per view, so I guess it's not for free then. I guess. Alright. You you get a pass. Uh sexy dynamite prince's two uh two's vibes were way too horny. I don't like that. It was a little little, little too much. Trying a little too hard. It was, it was weird. Let's all be honest. It was weird. I don't... I didn't... I, I, eh. Let's not do that again. Yeah, this... This match wasn't great. One and a half stars. That might be high, but I don't know. Uh, next we had the zombie lumberjack match, where all of the wrestlers from the previous match stuck around to be lumberjacks. And... I don't know, not all of them really participated. Like, kind of, some of them were just really kind of just standing there. Uh, but in this zombie lumberjack match, Dump Matsumoto and Zap defeated the Club Venus team of Mina Shirakawa and Waka Tsukiyama. Uh, the olds won. No one was surprised. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Uh, I thought Mina and Waka kind of got punked out pretty bad here. Like, they they did not come out of this looking very good at all. Uh, I think, I don't know, Mina's on such, like, a downward trajectory in the company right now. It sucks. Because she's worked so hard to get really good and just is continually being given shit to do. So, I don't know. I, I guess this is a big match if she really wanted to rumple, wrestle... Rumple. If she really wanted to wrestle Dump Matsumoto, then she got her chance here, but I don't know. They could have won. That would have been cool, but no. We got to put over Dump and Zap. Uh, two and a half stars. Uh, next was was probably the second best match of the night. The best of the, the nonsense matches, for sure. Uh, you had the Trick or Treat Anywhere Fall Count four-way match. Susu Suzuki defeats May Sierra, Momo Watanabe, and Tekla in 8-18. This was so much fun. Uh, I loved that all of the wrestlers just got, like, absurdly huge sacks of candy to give to the fans. That was, like... <laughs> at any given moment, one of the wrestlers definitely just had a mouthful of candy themselves. That was really funny. Like, they would just cut between spots... And all of a sudden, they'd cut back to a wrestler, and they would just be chewing whatever the hell they had just shoved in their mouths from their own bag of candy. Uh, Suzu, at one point, pulled out, like, a t-shirt gun and filled it full of candy and shot, I believe it was Tekla with it. And, damn, that looked like that hurt. <laughs> that candy rocketed out of there. Uh, just super fun vibes of the match. This is the kind of just Halloween gimmick match I can really get behind. Like, it wasn't too much bullshit. It was just enough. It was really fun. Um, Let's see. Then there was the Halloween weapons match. This was also a four-way. Uh, Saoriano defeats Hazuki, Mai Sakurai, and Natsuka Tora. Uh, This was fun. Half of them were in costume. You really think they would have probably gone over and been like, hey, let's all be in costume? I mean, I guess if you don't, if Tora as a character wouldn't 
wear costume, that's fine. You can make that argument. But I feel like Sayori would put on a costume if you had told her. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, Hazuki was a SWAT team member who did really not look prepared at all to bust into someone's home. And uh, my Sakurai was Darth Vader. Not a not a great Darth Vader costume, but yeah, I she looked like she had some of the Force. But now thinking back, her costumes are normally so elaborate and like big on their own. This was kind of a step down from her normal outfits. So yeah, I guess that really didn't accomplish the point of a Halloween costume, which is to be crazy and look look like something else when really it just it looked like she was in a Halloween costume rather than like her fancy rich person outfits she normally wears. Uh but yeah. This is a fun match. Wasn't very good. Overall the match was like pretty meandering. Kinda like this show. And there was a handful of spots that just straight up didn't work out like they thought they would. Most notably when uh, Siri was trying to handcuff Hazuki and Tora together and the handcuffs didn't work on either. I think it was Hazuki. And so she just had to like grab a big piece of fabric that I think was like a mummy wrap of some sort and tie them together instead of using the handcuffs. <laughs> like they made it work. But uh, it, it didn't look great. And there's a couple little spots like that. So fun, but not great. Two and three quarter stars. Uh, the next match was Mirai taking on Halloween Mask, who turned out to be Ruaka. Uh, this match was a no contest. And it was four minutes and 35 seconds. This was bad. This is a bad match. Uh, once Halloween Mask was revealed to be Ruaka, Wado Tai attacked, and then just the match was declared a no contest. The little bit of a match we got wasn't really any good. It was a dumb finish. Not great. One and a quarter stars. <laughs> uh, and then in our main event, we've got Mayu Iwatani taking on the Three Crows in a coffin explosion four-way match. Uh, the f- Three Crows were Megan Bain, you, and Micah. Now, I am still not very clear on how the rules of this match went. Uh, according to Cage Match, the winners were Megan Bain and you defeating Micah and Mayu Iwatani as though it was a tag team match, but this was a four-way match. It wasn't really... I guess it was kind of an elimination. But, like... I don't know. The rules were very nebulous at best to this. Because they made it seem as though it was Mayu in a... Uh, a uh, handicap match against these three. But that did not really seem to be the case by the end of it. Uh, I, f- I called it on the last episode. I fucking knew that you was going to be one of the crows. She's always one of these masked people in this company. Like, god damn it. Uh, so Megan Bain and you win after... Well, first they, uh, Micah got put 
through a coffin. Like, she got slammed into a coffin, and the coffin just fell the fuck apart. And I guess that counted as her being eliminated? I don't know. That was weird. Uh, but then, my uh, first Rossi was grabbed from his seat at ringside and was carried away and then put into the coffin. And then originally he was put into the ring and you, I think it was, was going to crush him. But luckily he got out of there before that happened. And then he was led away and taken into and put into the the coffin. And then Mayu was put into the coffin shortly after him. They shut the lid Everything went dark, and then the coffin exploded, and the show ended. It was very strange. Uh, this match wasn't really good, but I guess we're free of Rossi and his booking now, after he's been exploded, so that's a plus. But on the downside, Mayu's gone. So, R.I.P. Mayu. Uh, I know she was she's advertised for an upcoming uh, New Japan U.S. show. But I guess that's they're just going to have to do a new title match to determine who the new IWGP Women's Champion is after Mayu was tragically killed in this exploding coffin match, along with stardom owner Rossi Ogawa. So yeah, that was that. Two and a half stars. And that's what I got. Uh... I don't, I don't have anything else to talk about. I've run through the show. Taylor never showed up. We gotta go to the party. The party's starting in like 10 minutes. It, I mean, it's just down the road, thankfully, but we gotta go. And he's still not here. He's not answering texts. He's not answering the phone call. I don't know where he is. I hope he didn't get got. I'm here in this house. And I'm looking around right now. And there's, there's the the windows are gone. And the doors are gone. How the fuck am I going to get out of this house? How am I going to go to the party? How am I going to go be Papa Shango at the Voices of Wrestling Halloween party? How is Taylor going to be the ultimate warrior when I've got all his face paint? Oh, God damn it. Why why did I come here? Why why didn't I just meet up with Taylor somewhere else? At the New Yorker. We did that before. That worked out just fine. But no. To come to Doc Chambers' old haunted house on the hill. And the entire time I've been here, there's been fucking spooky noises and ghost shit and fucking just whatever the fuck that was just now. Oh, great, there's an owl. There's an owl now. You guys hear the owl? I don't even know how I hear the owl. There's no fucking windows to hear the owl through. I think... I think I got... I think I fucking got skin and brink, you guys. Well... This has been Jumping Bomb Audio... Episode 92. I have been Kelly Harris. I just got skin of a ringed. I guess I'm just gonna go fucking 
sit on the ceiling or some bullshit until that Fisher Price phone rings. <sighs> Hopefully talk to you guys in two weeks. Bye. Hello everyone, my name is Taylor. And I'm Kelly. And we are the co-hosts of Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one show all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. Episodes drop every other Monday where we discuss the biggest Joshi news, review shows, and preview the hottest upcoming Joshi action. So whether you're a new fan or an old fan, we've got something here for you at Jumping Bomb Audio. Check us out on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network.